0: You are listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We believe that Jesus came to set you free and nothing can cancel the truth of God's Word. Now here's your host, the youth pastor of Impact Youth at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut, Pastor Joey Santora. Bananas. What is going on, Uncanceled? How are you guys doing? Thanks for tuning in. Hey. Um, I just thought that I just hit it with something like random and different today. I like that. Um, Feeling good today, man. Got my bracelet on. Sure. From last night, the Impact Covenant bracelet. You guys, I'm sure Ben has it on in one of his 60 that he has on right now. Um, But uh, (laughs) yeah, I'm here. And uh, I got my Impact Covenant bracelet on. I'm excited. Um, Today is the last week. Hmm. It's the last week before we start a new series that will be announced at the end. Oh, I'm
1: excited for that.
0: Um, it is time. Yeah. To rate that. that. Oreo. Oreo. Let's go. There Come go. on now. We got we a, got, got a double-decker for a double the last dunker. one. Let's go. Here we yeah. go.
1: Um, what do we got, yeah, Ben? This is, the, this is the last rate that Oreo, so we're going to finish it off with just the classic. But uh, this is... Uh, A funky looking one. Oh, yeah. It's
0: about to get funky. Yeah. Space Dunk. Uh, It looks like cotton candy in the middle. Yeah. It says Cosmic Cream. So Cosmic makes me think cotton candy. I don't know if it makes you guys think cotton candy, but like. It looks like cotton candy. Yeah. So I don't really know what else it would be, but we'll see what happens. I wonder why they called it Cosmic Cream and not. I wonder maybe to get people like us to be like, you know. Well, also to fit
1: the theme. It's like space.
0: Lift every day. It's been a while since I ate that Oreo, man. Yeah, if this isn't cotton candy, I mean it might be vanilla. I don't know. Oh. It kind of got me at the it, it just kind of smells like sugar.
1: Um, that's
0: what cotton candy is. Well, yeah.
1: We eat, like, what does that smell like? It smells good. It does smell good. It
0: smells like really good. It like it doesn't, smell, doesn't just smell a little good. It smells really good. You know what it smells like? I just found it. What? I just
1: Found it. Let me see. Uh, You know those, like, weird cookies that are pretty polarizing with, like, the... It's just, like, cake stuff almost and then, like, a thick layer of frosting on top? Oh, my gosh. Yes.
0: Right? You hate dude, that was a nail. Yeah. At first like, <laughs> I'll put a little picture up because I didn't probably didn't describe it. <laughs> at first it well. he goes, at first he goes, you know, the cookies that are polarizing. I was like, what are you talking no, about? No, but some people hate those. No, some people hate them. Our our students here at Impact, you guys know what they are. You guys love them. You guys yeah. will eat like fifty of them. If I, I think I they're fine. I think they're fine. Yeah. They're cake cookies, basically. Right. Yeah, they're, they're like a cake pop, but a cookie. Sure.
1: For a that's lack, what this yeah. smells like.
0: All right, let's give it a shot. Oh.
1: Oh, that's the other thing.
0: What? Yeah. I was just about to say. It's it like, has, um, it pop has like rocks. pop rocks in it. Yeah. No. Yeah.
1: Not really cotton candy. Mm-mm. Why is it still oh, good whoa.
0: though?
1: I'm getting popped with rocks, dude. Mm. That's, That's fun. That's fun. A little fun factor. It's tasty. Yeah, it's pretty good.
0: It's like, why is it not just vanilla? But like, it is. I don't really know. I'm gonna look it up, bro. It's it's absolutely
1: different from like this one. Um.
0: Oh, I'm getting some pops. I know. Oh man, isn't that so fun? Yeah. I'm getting some pops. What is the um? What does that even mean? Chocolate flavor. That, that's oh, Oreo, Oreo biscuit. One. Oreo biscuit. Look at that one. Dude, my mouth is like going. I know. Oh, Crazy. there When's the it is. the last time you had Pop Rocks? There it is. There it is. That's what it is. It's marshmallow. Oh, of course. Yeah. It was not because it was not. Dude, oh my gosh. My, it's actually a little bit like annoying me right now. Like the Pop like, Rocks? It's still going. When's the last time you had Pop Rocks? Maybe when they told us to not take them because there were drugs in them. Oh, do you remember that when we were in like like elementary school and like middle school? It was like a thing they used to put Maybe. drugs in pop rocks. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully not in these ones. Yeah, um, that was fun though. <laughs> Marsh marshmallow. marshmallow. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah. I really liked that. Yeah, I really liked that a no, lot. That's, that's good and it's fun. Let's compare it right now to a regular okay, Oreo and like let's it. not even rate it and just like see. Family sized. Yep. Don't forget the Bev. There we go. Is that like a thing? I don't know. I don't know if it is. this thing on, I saw this video and I don't know. All right. Regular Oreo. Doesn't smell exciting at all.
1: I mean, it's good. Mm -hmm. You know, like, that's, that's, you know, it's what you know and love. I know you want to say it.
0: I'm going to say it. I don't know if you mean it, though. No, I mean it. (laughs) The Space Del Oreo was better, bro. It was way better than the original, okay? Here's what I think. Oh, man.
1: I think... I think you still probably have a lot of the Space Dunk taste when you just had this one.
0: What do you mean? I did not. It tasted kind of bland.
1: I don't think that you got the full flavor because you had this one.
0: No. uh, That had way more flavor. The cream was, there was more cream in it. And the Pop Rock sensation made it a fun time. That was a really fun time. And these right here are better than a regular Oreo. Maybe not a double stuff for you. But definitely a regular. Here's Oreo. what I would say. Here we go. Please want to stand
1: up. If I'm just having one one like we just did. Yep. I would probably prefer this one. Okay. But I could foresee myself getting a little sick of that icing easier than I get sick of okay. this icing.
0: I can respect that. Here's the only thing I would say. I would not get sick of that ice uh, of that icing. I'm a little bit sick. Um what? Well I'm a little sick because like you know I like the extra sweetness and stuff oh. like that yeah. but I if I would get sick of the pop rocks okay yeah but I'm taking these bro put them next to each other in the grocery store and watch what I do I'm taking that oh, I'm, I want Iguodala I want <laughs> Iguodala okay that's what I want like laser pointed at the universe which one are you picking <laughs> I'm picking I'm taking cosmic bro we, every uh... time
1: we have to rate these.
0: Oh, we're rating them. You okay. know what? Ready? Here we go. We're just gonna. The chocolate peanut butter ones were better than those. Uh, that that is gonna
1: be my takeaway. Yeah, from my revelation. from, it's, it's from this your revelation. Experience. Amen. We
0: believe in personal revelation. It's it, whatever you think when it comes to Oreos.
1: Um, yeah, sure the, the peanut butter chocolate pie Oreos are are goaded for me.
0: Okay, ready phenomenal here's my hierarchy the whole thing here's my hierarchy yeah we didn't get to try them because it's the wrong season s'mores oreo is number one for me if when the summer comes again oh might and it's to, coming soon might have to throw it back we might have to but i'm going to the store and buying an entire thing of them and i'm going to shamelessly <laughs> eat too many of them s'mores oreo is number one for me the peanut butter pie was number two these were number three and regular Oreo. Well, double stuff would really be for. And you know what? I'm just gonna get real spicy in here today. Let's I, do it. I, I think that while. even a vanilla Oreo is better than that one. I'm definitely not there. Yeah, you're you need to be there though. I'm, you need to you need to receive I'll that never revelation. Be there. I'll never you need to there. receive it, bro. I'll Dude, never be there. What are you looking at?
1: I'm gonna um get all the the rankings. Right now? Yeah.
0: Okay, all right, bet. I'm gonna give I'm going to give the Cosmic a... I'm going to give the Cosmic Oreo a... Okay, I'm going to give it a 9. I'm at an 8.5. Okay, 8.5, fine. I'm going to give it a 9. I'm going to give S'mores Oreo a 10 because it's my favorite. I'm going to give the Peanut Butter Pie a 9.8. Um, I'm going to drop to... Oh, I'm actually going to go double stuff at 9.2. Cosmic cream at nine. The original Oreo is gonna be like an 8.5 for me. Maybe even an eight. Not enough cream, man. That's disrespectful. Not enough cream, bro. I I dude, I need more filling in that, bro. I fundamentally
1: don't like that. Why? Because this is the original?
0: Yeah, because this is what started it all. Yeah, and it's it was good for a time, but like <laughs> I mean, like, you know, like, Jerry West started it all and was the logo logo of the NBA. Oh, you're going to go Bob Cousy. Then, <laughs> and then, Kuz, you know, then...
1: Then Cousy, uh, know, then... In case you're interested. I'll put it up here as well. What do you got? We gave the peanut butter pie one a 10. We gave red velvet a 9.5 way back when we started. Oh, wow. And then I guess that black pink one also got a, a oh, high score. Oh, that was score. good
0: too, yeah. Um, Wait, let me see this.
1: But I'm... What am I doing? I don't know. Uh, eight and a half for the Cosmic one. And then let me give my hierarchy, I guess. Peanut butter pie, absolute goat. And then, you know what? I'm going to go. Give me a regular Oreo. No, it's next. just so, and so then, disgusting. And then, and then I do remember the red velvet one being phenomenal. I'll, I'll give that, you know, the next one. And then um, after that, who cares? Like, that's my top three. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'll, I'll give you my top four based on the ones that we rated. Peanut butter pie. Um, now that I'm like really just thinking back on it again, the, the black pink and the red velvet are like tied for me. It's very
1: close. I really don't remember the black pink. Was that the one that was, uh, like hot chocolate strawberry? Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. Um,
0: and the original Oreo is just going to be underneath that at four, because, uh, I think that the original Oreo needs to be, uh, disrespected a little bit. I, I think that, I think that. Nobody wants Jerry West to be the logo of the NBA anymore. Like, you want it to be Michael Jordan. Like, you know, or like LeBron or something like that. Like, it's time for a new generation. This is not the logo. Okay, that's not. But it's time for a new revelation. It's time for maybe we can get maybe we can get Sister Catherine Crick on the podcast, and she can come and tell us. She'll be like, she'll be all like, she'll be all like, I want you to know that it's it goes beyond the Bible. It's beyond the Bible. God God is like God says things that are not in His Word. That are not in His Word. Thanks, Catherine Crick. More like Catherine Kook. Like she's 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 absolutely nuts. Just there so you know, go. let's get that on the on the record right now. Listen, she is nuts. Yeah. All right, like, like like with with some of the things that that she comes in on sometimes. But you know, yeah, that's all I'm gonna say about that. Did you so, see the thing that I sent you earlier? What was it what was it? It was some
1: person behind a pulpit, and she was saying how. They were reading from Corinthians, but they skipped part of the passage because it was, you know, yikes.
0: Oh, yeah. Evangelist Preston Shuttlesworth told me about that. He, he goes, ha. He, she was like, she was like, uh, she was like, yikes. And then she said it was icky. <laughs> said it was icky. She said that Paul was a very racial man in his day or something like that. Imagine. What are you like, doing? Here's the thing. Here's what could end up happening. If you say that about that text, you could say that about any text in the entire Bible. Right. The Bible loses its validity as soon as you start to say that one text is like, well, this text, I don't really know if I agree with that one. As soon as you say that, the Bible loses all authority. That's right. absolutely ridiculous to, to make that comment. Anyway... Anyway, yeah. You want to tell them what we're doing, what we're rating next? You tell them. Wait, should we should we just like go for it,
1: like right now? Yeah. Or
0: should, should we, we save, save it,
1: it for next week? Oh, oh, you thought we were gonna tell oh, you? You know
0: we were gonna tell you. I know AJ Mitchell. <laughs> you were watching that one right oh, there, and AJ, it got AJ you. What's like, right oh, What are they doing there next? He yeah, is right there. next week. That's right. That's right, bro. AJ Mitchell, man. <laughs> got to get him on here. Got to get him on here. Yeah. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm a little disappointed in him for not commenting, uh, his opinion on the Yeah. What the heck? That was kind of crazy. That was kind of reckless. Um, you've watched like every episode of this th- podcast. Thank you. Thank you to Cameron and Daniel. Yes. Shout out. For, for um, commenting. The, I
1: couldn't do hot sauce. No, we'd have like, that would be, you know, cause what if it was really hot? Then you have to tough teach the me. Bible yeah, after it's that. Stuff on me. Yeah. And then what was, uh, Daniel's protein bars?
0: That wasn't a bad take. No, I don't that wasn't that. a bad take. I, I honestly, I, I don't agree I love uh, with that. Um,
1: yeah, but we're uh, we're not going with either of those two. But you'll see what we're going with. Next
0: yeah, you'll week. see. AJ Snitchel. All right, <laughs> let's do it. See you next time for rate that time to teach the Bible. Let's do it. Welcome back to the Uncanceled Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you just skipped all the goofy stuff with the rating Oreos and stuff because you really don't give a rip about uh, Oreo rating and you just like to hear the Bible teaching, then what's up? The whole rate that thing is really just, um at this point, I'll just be honest with you, it's probably more about me and Ben than it is about anything else. I think we're just having a good time with it. I think there are some faithful rate that-ers, I don't know what that would be, but anyway, um, today I want to talk to you about following the call of God. Following the call of God. What is the call of God? What is the call of God? We're going to get right into this. Ready? The call of God is the plan that God has for your life. The call of God is the plan that God has for your life. The plan that God has for your life is not just ministry. The call of God is not restricted to just people who are called to the five-fold ministry or to helps ministry or anything like that. The call of God goes far beyond that. It is whatever the plan for your life is. It may be ministry, it may be helps ministry, but it also may be a business God wants you to start. It also may be being a teacher in a public school. It also may be being a chef or something else. There are plenty of other things that God may call you to. Because the reality is, is that everybody cannot be called to the fivefold ministry. If everybody is called to be a pastor or a teacher or an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist, if anybody is, um, you know, uh, if anyone, uh, if everyone is called to that, then excuse me, but if everyone's called to that, then who's going to actually like sit and receive? Who's going to go out and you know go into you know the secular fields? and win people for Christ? Who's going to go make a buttload of money to be able to give to the kingdom of God? There's so many other things uh, that God can call somebody to do. Now, obviously, the, same, the purpose is the same, to win people for Jesus Christ, but the calling just may be different, where God wants you to go with your life. What if I told you that you can get a clear direction of what God wants you to do with your life? you could get in clear direction of what God wants you to do with your life. It actually is a little bit amazing to me that people don't take time to actually ask God what he wants them to do with their life. It is alarming to me the number of Christians that are not taught to ask God, God, what do you want me to do with my life? Um, and, And to be honest with you, what you want to do with your life is really irrelevant as a Christian. It really is. Now, God may put passions and gifts and desires on the inside of you that he wants to use, but at some point, we have to get before the Lord and say, God, what do you want me to do with your life? What if I told you that the thing that you want to do with your life, that the thing that God wants you to do will far surpass and far uh, more satisfy you than the thing that you even want to do yourself? Case in point, I wanted to play baseball. I thought that was gonna satisfy me. That was my gift, that was my drive, that is what I wanted to do. But the Lord called me into the ministry and I am far happier and far more fulfilled doing that than I ever would have been playing baseball. That can be your story. That can be your story, you know? Actually, I know somebody that wanted to be a pastor. His name was Ben Zobris. I don't know him personally, but he was in the MLB. And he wanted to be a pastor. That was what he wanted to do. He didn't feel God calling him to do it. He wanted to do it, and he said the voice of the Lord actually called him to go play baseball. What do you mean he called him to go play baseball? Yes, because the Lord wanted him to go into clubhouses in, in the baseball in the baseball world and wanted him to go lead people to uh, to Jesus Christ. And so, Ben Zobrist. Not only, how did he know that this was actually the plan of God? Because God actually gave him the grace to be able to make it to the MLB, have a successful career, and lead people to Jesus Christ. He led many people to Christ. He was like a pastor in his dugout to his teammates. How do how do I know if it really is the call of God or not? If it is the call of God, then at some point it should be successful. If it's the call of God, it should be successful. I mean that. There is nowhere in the Bible that God called somebody to do something that it didn't produce fruit and it wasn't successful. If it didn't bring about its purpose that God wanted to bring across. If God calls you to something, it'll succeed. It'll thrive. There will be a grace for you to do it. So let me just encourage you right now. If you're watching this podcast and you have not asked the Lord what he wants you to do with your life, or, you know, if you think you might know, but you're still not certain get before the Lord and say, God, what is your plan for my life? God, give me, Lord, if you're not calling me to the ministry, then give me an idea outside of the ministry. God, if you are calling me to the ministry, then where should where should I serve within the ministry? Are you calling me to be a pastor or a teacher or an evangelist? What are you calling me to do, God? Are you calling me to be a helps ministry, to be able to help the fivefold gifts? What are you calling me to do, God? And the answer to that question will be the most satisfying and fulfilling thing that you could possibly do with your life. What God wants you to do. I'll give you a perfect example, and then I'm going to get into this teaching of what the call of God actually is. Um, Abraham is a perfect example of what I'm saying. Abraham had a plan. Abraham lived in the country of Ur. That's where he lived. That's where he was born. That's where he was raised. And his plan was to live in Ur for the rest of his life. He was planning to live in Ur for the rest of his life, and he was just going to live his you know, life and, and go on from there. But God called him out of Ur and sent him to the land that he was promising Abraham. And what did Abraham do? Abraham immediately packed his stuff and left and went to the place that God was calling him to go. And what happened? Abraham was extremely blessed when he made that decision. He was so blessed. He was very wealthy. The Bible says that God made him very wealthy. He was blessed. He followed the plan of God. He, see, sometimes we have a plan. We have a plan, especially if you're a youth watching this. Your parents have a plan for your life. Your parents want you to do something. They've been telling you from the time that they were, you've been five years old, you're going to be this or you're going to be that or you're going to do this and you're going to make us a lot of money and you're going to do all these different things. And that's your parents' plan for your life. But can I submit to you and tell you that God's plan for your life even supersedes what your parents may ask you to do? Wow. That's, that, that hits some of you. I know it did. God's plan for your life supersedes what your parents want for you. I know parents that are even Christians or claim to be Christians that would be upset at hearing that statement. What do you mean God's plan for your life, for my life is, uh, for their life is a bigger deal than me? Well, I'm their parent. God's given me authority over them in their life. That's true. God has given you an authority to raise him. But who are we to supersede what God has spoken to an individual? We cannot supersede the call of God. We cannot. Whatever God calls us to do. I've seen this go in many different directions. You know, well, I want my kid to go to Duke University because that's where I went, that's where my grandfather went, and that's where my great grandfather went. And I want him to go to Duke University. But what if you're what if God is calling your your child to go to Rhema Bible Training Center? What if God is calling your child to go to Oral Roberts University? What happens when, what happens when there's this conflict? And I'm actually going to get into this in a second. But what did Abraham do? He was living with his father. He was in the land that his family lived. Some of you watching right now, your family's from New Milford, Connecticut or Danbury, Connecticut. Your mom and dad are, your grandfather, your aunts and uncles. Everyone's from this area, Danbury, Connecticut. Or maybe you're watching and you're from somebody, somewhere else and your whole family is from this one place. They've been there for a long time. And God speaks to you and says, I want you to leave and go to the place that I'm telling you to go. I believe your prosperity, God's blessing for your life is attached to a, theolo- uh, attached to a theological, geographical location. God actually has a place where he has positioned you and wants you to live. And can I tell you something? That that includes being attached to a strong church. God will ask you, when God asks you to move somewhere, there will be a strong church there, a strong church there. Many people allow themselves to be geographically repositioned by their secular job. But yet when God asks them to move, they're hesitant. At that point, I would question, who do we serve? Do we serve our job or do we serve the Lord Jesus Christ? And so if he asks us to move our geographic location, we ought to be willing to do that. Even if it makes us feel uncomfortable, I'm sure it made Abraham feel uncomfortable to leave everything that he knew to go to the land that God was promising him, land that was occupied by other people, land that was occupied by other people. God told him, go to that land. I've given it to you. The land was occupied by other people. It was not an easy choice, but yet Abraham left everything and went to the land that God had promised him. Amen. Amen. And God abundantly blessed Abraham's life for him. And now to this day, he's the father of, of the nation of Israel. Amen. Amen. That's what will happen in your life. That's what will happen in your life. You move to a new geographic location. The hand of God falls upon your family. And now your kids are more blessed than they ever have been before. And your grandkids will be more blessed than they ever have been before. Why? Because you made one decision to obey God just like Abraham did. The call of God. The call of God. What is God asking you to do? Where is God asking you to go? But here's what we have to understand about the call of God. Number one, the call of God is forsaking all. The call of God is forsaking all. <laughs> nice. I put down Elisha 19, 15 through 21. That would not be the scripture reference. The scripture reference would be, I believe, 1st or 2nd Kings. I have, to, I have to check. I think it's 1st Kings. Yes, it is. 1st Kings. 1st Kings chapter 19. We will be talking about Elisha in a second. Hallelujah. 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning in verse 15. Do I want to read it from here? There you go. I'm going to read from verse 19. So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen in front of him. And he was with the 12th. Elijah passed by him and and cast his cloak upon him. What did that mean? Elijah felt the Lord tell him tell him to cast his cloak upon Elisha to symbolize to him that Elijah that Elijah that Elisha was going to follow him in his footsteps and take over as a prophet um, and be called into the ministry. Basically, so it was the call of God for Elisha to leave everything to be in the ministry. That is what this casting of the cloak on on him was, the call of God to be in the ministry. And and this actually goes to show you that another minister can recognize the call of God on you. Elijah recognized the call on Elisha. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, let me kiss my father and mother, and then I will follow you. Let me kiss my father and mother, and then I will follow you. I will follow you. What was he trying to say? What was Elijah, Elijah trying to get at? He didn't mean, let me just say a quick goodbye to my parents. What that phrase meant is he meant, hold on, Elijah, I, I would like to follow you. I would like to follow the call of God, but I need to wait for my parents to die first. And then after they die, I will go and I will follow the call of God. And you know what Elijah doesn't say? yeah, man, no problem, don't worry about it. The call of God can wait. It's not a big deal for you to go and and follow the call of God right now. Sometimes we wait 40 years until we actually pursue the call of God into our life and don't worry about it, man, it's not a big deal. That's actually not what Elijah says. Elijah says, and he said to him, go back again for what have I done to you? In other words, you're gonna go back and wait You're going to wait for your parents to die until you come and follow me and follow the call of God? And it says, and he returned from following him and took the yoke of oxen and sacrificed or burned them and boiled their flesh with the yokes of the oxen and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and went after Elijah and assisted him. What did Elisha do? He received the call of God. And just like many of us, he received it, and he said, but, 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 but hold on. I, I can't go yet. This thing's holding me back, and I need to do this first, and there's many other things I have to do. I have to wait for my parents to die, and I'm not sure if I can go right now. And Elijah says, what have I done to you? Come and follow me now, in other words. Don't wait to accept the call of God. And what does Elijah do? He burns the oxen. He burns it. He burns his plow. He burns the thing that he was doing before. He drops everything and he follows Elijah. Can I tell you that the call of God is a call to leave everything, leave it all behind, forsaking all. You know, I have a lot of young people that are called to the ministry. Many of you watch my podcast When you're called into the ministry, understand it's not a light calling. You have to forsake everything to follow your call into ministry. You need to forsake everything. The call of God is serious. The call of God is not something to be taken lightly. Leave everything. Elisha left everything. He left, he literally burned the thing that he was doing before because there was no turning back from what God had called him to do. That's the call of God. The call of God extends beyond ministry. Well, God, I'm just not sure if I can open this business, but I've asked you to. I'm just not sure, Lord. I'm not sure if I can actually open this business. I just don't really know if that's really, you know, a good idea right now. I had a guy say to me one time, he said, I feel as though that God is telling me to sell my business and to work somewhere else. And I feel like I felt like the Lord commanded me to do it. And I said, well, then do it. And they said, yeah, well... You know, I, 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 right now is just not a great time. And, you know, I'll, I'll do it in a couple months and it just kind of depends. And I'm not really sure. And maybe I'll do it in six months and stuff. That is not obeying the call of God. The call of God is, yes, Lord, now I'm going to burn my plow and I'm going to follow you. I'm going to burn. I'm going to leave behind everything else and I'm going to follow you. I'm going to start that business, God. I'm going to go and become a real estate agent. I'm going to go and I'm going to pursue this sport. I'm going to go and I'm going to go into the ministry. I'm going to leave everything else behind and no one is going to deter me from what God has said for me to do. When God speaks, we listen and we do it. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter four, verse 18. Matthew chapter four, verse 18. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter four, verse 18. I want to read it from the Matthew chapter four, 18 through 20. Praise God for internet. As Jesus was walking beside the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother, Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me. Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And I will send you out to fish for people. But you know, uh, I actually, I want to I wanna, I wanna read it uh, from this translation. Oh, wait, there it is. Verse 20. And at once, they finished fishing. And they continued to gather the fish. And they kept their business open for the next 10 years. And then they followed Jesus. Powerful. If you're following along in your Bible, you know that the Bible does not say that. It says, "At once they left their nets and followed Jesus." I love doing that. I like to pretend that that's what the that that's what the passage says because that's how people act like the passage says. I have a conversation with some people sometimes and they're like, you know, they can go into the ministry, you know, after they maybe get their business degree or they can go into the ministry, you know, after they, you you know, um, do all these things or they could follow the call of God for their life, but maybe in like 15 years and stuff like that. That's not what, what happened here. Jesus said, come follow me. And at once they dropped their nets. What does that mean? Drop their nets. They left everything behind. They left it all. They said, I'm done with this. I'm dropping my nets. I'm selling my business and I'm following Jesus. That's responding to the call of God. That is the real call of God is putting your nets down is saying, God, I'm leaving everything and I'm following what you have told me to do. Whether it's ministry, a business, another secular career, whatever it is, whatever the call of God is, go and do it. Leave everything behind. Don't even hesitate. Well, Pastor Joey, I'm just not really sure if they left their nets really means that. Well, I'll tell you this, that Peter said to Jesus in Mark chapter 10, you can go there yourself if you'd like to. He said, Peter said, Lord, we left everything to follow you. So it seems pretty clear that the Peter that he's talking about in the story dropped his nets and then later on says, Lord, we left everything to follow you. So it seems pretty clear that they left their fishing business aside. They weren't doing the fishing business on the side. They weren't like, yeah, I guess I'll follow it, but I'll just, you know, have this as a backup plan. My, my fishing business is my backup plan in case things don't work out. No, they dropped everything. They dropped their nets and they followed The call of God, the call of God is a decision to leave everything behind, to forsake everything, forsake all. The call of God is forsaking all. Go to Mark chapter three, verse 30. You know, what's, you know, what, um, is the unfortunate truth? Sometimes the call of God. Sometimes the call of God will unfortunately result in having to go against what your close friends and family are telling you to do. I want to be clear before I get into this. God's desire is for your family to get on board and your friends to get on board with what he has called you to do. That's what God wants. He wants your family to get on board. But can I tell you something? If your parents don't get on board... If your friends don't get on board, if your sister doesn't get on board, if your brother doesn't get on board, you still need to follow the call of God, and it might require forsaking all, even in that regard. I'm not saying never speak to your family again. I'm saying, I'm going to do this because God's called me to do it, even if my family doesn't like it. Um, There's a woman of God, her name is Adala Shuttlesworth, Jonathan Shuttlesworth's wife. She... When made a decision to go to Bible school and go into the ministry, and her family didn't like it at all and didn't support that decision, and uh, I think that evangelist Jonathan was saying that for a period of time they didn't even speak to uh, their family. Eventually, God restored that relationship, but what, but now they're super blessed and they're thankful they followed the call of God. Follow the call of God, even if your family tries to tries to stop you from doing so. Because sometimes the enemy, and I'm not saying that your family is full of the devil if they're trying to stop you from following the call of God. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is sometimes the enemy will use those things to produce doubt in your mind. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying they're under the influence of the enemy. I'm saying the enemy will use those things to put doubts in your mind. Um, But look at what Jesus said about family. Mark 3, 3, verse 31. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they uh, they sent someone in to call him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and your brothers are outside looking for you. Jesus said, Who are my mothers and my brothers? He asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mothers and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. In other words, Jesus is bringing out a powerful principle. He's saying, he's saying, I am going to do what God has told me to do. And the people that follow the will of God, that is my family. Now understand Jesus by no means is, is, he's not saying that Mary and his brothers and his sisters aren't his family anymore. He's not disowning his family. That's not what he's doing. But what he's trying to point out is that the people who do the will of God are his family. Go to go to I want to show you this too. Go to Mark 10. Go to Mark 10. Mark 10 verse 34. Wait, is that is that what I want to do? I forget. No, it's not where I want to go. I want to go to Oh, Matthew, it's Matthew 10, there it is. Matthew 10, 34 through 36. And I'm going to end here and we're going to do a part two next week because uh, I I have a student's game I need to go to, um, which is important to me. Matthew 10, verse 34 through 36. It says, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. This is Jesus speaking. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter, uh, uh, and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoa, that scripture is probably not read very much. Does this scripture mean that Jesus is not peaceful? That Jesus has not come to, br- that Jesus, uh, is not the Prince of peace. As the Bible says, is this a contradiction of the scripture? No. This is not saying that Jesus is not the Prince of Peace. It's not saying that Jesus has not that Jesus is not uh, peaceful. But what it is saying is that the gospel divides people. What happens is when somebody is not willing to submit to the plan and the will of God or to the gospel and somebody else in the family is, it will bring a division there. And one of the things that happens is people receive the call of God. And unfortunately, what happens is there is a division that takes place between mother and son, between daughter and father, between daughter and mother, between son and father. There is a division that sometimes happens where somebody in the family is unwilling to submit to the will and plan of God. God. And that's not God's desire. God doesn't want that to be the case. God's not sitting there in heaven like, yes, I'm so happy they turned against each other. That's not what this passage is saying. It's saying that the word of God, the will of God, the call of God, it divides. It divides. And, if, and it divides because some people are unwilling to get on board with what God is doing. God's plan is peace. His will is peace. His will is peace in your family and in your lives. So don't get this mistaken. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. That is still true. But Jesus, because of his, because of uh, everything that comes with the Bible and following God, it, it can become polarizing and bring division in families. The call of God sometimes will require you to go against what your family is telling you to do. Understand that. As, as, a, as, a, as a young person, you need to obey and honor your parents. But there comes a point in your life where you become an adult and you still need to honor your parents and you still need to listen to what your parents have to say. You do. You need to listen. I still listen when my parents tell me things. But, but the, the command in the Bible to obey your parents was never a command intended for you to go against what God what God is saying. The same way that Romans 13 says to obey our government officials and leaders and what and that certainly does not mean if it's contradicting biblical truths and values is the same way that when it says obey your parents, it's not saying it's, it's not saying to obey your parents if they're telling you to do something that's against the word of God. That's not what it's saying. I always listen to what my parents have to say. Pastor Frank and Pastor Lisa, if they tell me something, I listen. I take time to reflect But ultimately, I'm going to do what I feel is right according to the word of God and according to my spirit. Thankfully, I have godly parents. But can I tell you something? When I told my parents that God was telling me to go to North Point Bible College, my parents told me it was a terrible idea. And they did not like it. But guess what? I went anyway. And I did what God told me to do. Oh, my gosh, you disobeyed your parents. That was a sin. No, because God told me to do it. God clearly guided me and told me that I needed to go, and if I didn't go, I would have been in disobedience. And four year, or what is it now? Five or six years later, or I forget, my father said, my father said to, uh, to me, it was the right choice for you to go to North Point. It was good that you followed what God told you to do. Thankfully, there was peace. Thankfully, my parents eventually yielded to what God uh, was saying. But sometimes you need to make a decision even if your parents don't want you to do it. Some of you guys really need to hear this. Like really pay attention here. You need to hear this. Always listen to your parents. Always hear what they're saying. But if God has told you to do something, sometimes sometimes you can't just go blindly and do what your parents are telling you to do. You cannot blindly do what your parents are telling you to do if God is telling you to do something else. My parents wanted me to go to Westcon, get my business degree, and then do Rhema Bible Training Center online. That was my parents' plan for me. That was not God's plan for me. That was not God's plan for me. And to this day, I'd be reaping the consequences of not following God's plan for me if I did that. So know that. You, you need to do what God's telling you to do. Now, first and foremost, you shouldn't have a bad attitude and argue with your parents about the call of God. You shouldn't like sit there and yell at them, scream at them, be disrespectful. That's not of God either. You have to be honoring to your parents still, but I challenge you to say this if your parents are believers. Mom, dad, I really feel that the Lord is telling me that this is what he's calling me to do and where he's calling me to go. And so he's asking me to do this. I want to do it. Um, I, I, want, I want to do what God's telling me to do. Would you pray and ask the Lord with me to reveal to you what he wants uh, done in my life? That's a really respectful way to go about it. Now, if your parents still come back to you and say no, there there does come a point where you just have to stick to your guns and make the decision to be able to go. You do. Because God's telling you to do it. You will be, you will stay small for the rest of your life and never go where God wants you to go if you let other people dictate if you obey God or not. You have to obey the Lord ultimately. You do. You have to come to that decision and that realization. The call of God. So today we only covered the call of God forsaking all next week. I'll cover two more things about the call of God that I think will really help you. And I think something that will really bless some of you that are not called to the ministry specifically, but there's actually biblical evidence of people who obeyed the call of God and were very successful um, in uh, just financially that, that were not called to ministry, but they obeyed the call of God still. Uh, so I hope this teaching bless you guys. God bless. And I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by the teaching today. If you are between the grades of 5th through 12th grade, make sure to check us out in person at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Be sure to tune in next week for another weekly podcast from Uncanceled. God bless.